Welcome to Talk Commerce, where we explore how merchants, agencies, and developers experience commerce and the communities they work and live in. This week, we interview Rachel Pfeffer with Gorgeous. Rachel talks about customer experience and how e-commerce merchants need to step up their game for customer experience online. We go over some real-life examples of great and not-so-great customer experiences. Rachel walks us through time to respond and how long that time should be when a customer requests something. We talk about personalizing the experience and data silos and a lot more. This is a fun and informative interview. The Talk Commerce podcast is sponsored by Swift Daughter. E-commerce developers solve problems daily. In fact, some of those seem like mountainous hurdles that must be climbed in a matter of hours. Stress levels can go through the roof. No wonder the plague of burnout affects developers too. Ah, but there's a vaccine for that. Investing time in your career will take you farther than you ever imagined. Meet Swift Daughter. Swift Daughter exists to help you become the e-commerce hero that is indispensable and irreplaceable at your company. We do this through Magento Certification Study Materials and Joseph Maxwell's most recent book, The Art of E-Commerce Debugging. Go to swiftotter.com to learn more about how you can quickly climb the ranks in your quest to be a better developer. While you're there, use the coupon code TALKCOMMERCE for 15% off any digital goods at swiftotter.com. TalkCommerce is brought to you by eWay Corp. Cloud is the new normal for companies of any size. Buying, maintaining, upgrading, and disposing of machines is expensive and complicated. Amazon Web Services, managed by eWay Corp, offers an easy-to-use, flexible, cost-effective solution to all your infrastructure needs. eWay Corp can provide a secure, reliable, scalable, high-performance network that will make your office hum, not literally. eWay Corp has saved its customers an average of 31% on their IT costs while adding 62% to the bottom-line efficiency. To top that, their customers have seen 43% fewer security incidents. Go to eWayCorp.com to learn how you can start saving money and headaches by moving to the cloud. That's E-W-A-Y-C-O-R-P.com. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. Welcome to this episode of Talk Commerce. Today I have Rachel Pfeffer with me. Rachel, please introduce yourself. Tell us what you do and maybe one of your passions in life. Sure. Thanks for having me on, Brett. Appreciate it. So I'm Rachel Pfeffer, based in Long Island, New York, and I run enterprise partnerships here at Gorgeous, where we are a machine learning help desk for e-commerce merchants. And one of my passions is, apart from when I'm hanging out with my, my two boys and my, my, my baby girl, Bailey, a golden retriever, she's a COVID baby, um, I like to kickbox. Wow. It's my fun, fun passion. Excellent. Um, yeah. My sister once had a boyfriend from Long Island, and he was a ski bum. She lives in Bozeman. And I said, oh, Long Island, is that that round island that's it's in New York somewhere? And he said, no, it's the really long. Then he said, no, stop. So he, he got my humor a little bit later. <laughs> it's the, um, the finger of the of the country. Right. Sticks exactly. Out. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get to kickboxing later, maybe some customer experience kickboxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I do want to today talk about some challenges in, in online customer service and some challenges around, um, or what are, what are some of the challenges that merchants are facing in the marketplace today? Yeah, so, you know, we're from the, from the customer engagement side, um, we see that kind of get a starting at a high level that, that oftentimes merchants neglect to invest in the engagement piece of customer experience. Um, they'll focus on front end experiences, driving more conversions, um, but retaining those customers is equally, if not more important um, than, than driving those customers. Uh, and so uh, a challenge at a high level is really how do you keep customers happy? How do you make every experience with them count so that they maintain their loyalty and promote your brand to their friends and family? Um, but if we double click on that and get a little bit deeper about some of the the customer engagement challenges we see in the market. Uh, there's a number of, of, of big buckets um, that are hugely important to merchants that they're trying to tackle now. Um, so, so one of those buckets is around response time. Uh, and often uh, it's really challenging to respond to customers that are impatient and expect responses very, very quickly. Um, Anyone under 50 years old typically prefers to have a real-time engagement. They don't want to pick up a phone to talk to their brands if they run into trouble. They want to self-serve. They want to get answers on their own. Um, And if they can't find that answer, they expect to get a response very, very quickly. Uh, But the big challenge there is that most brands respond at around 12 hours or more. Um, and resolution time is around 17 hours on average. So pretty horrific numbers, right? And you as the consumer, right? Brendan, you know, when you shop, right? It's like, you're trying to get an answer. You want it. You want an answer now. You don't want to wait. Um, so that's definitely one of the, the biggest buckets of, of uh, challenge. I would say that there's two other areas um, that are challenging to merchants. One is around personalization and the other is around silo data. So Um, merchants have a lot of information that they collect from their e-commerce investments uh, that they don't fully utilize when engaging with their customer that they can potentially leverage. um, So there's a missed opportunity to drive sales and conversions if they could open up that data and, and leverage it in their interaction. And then the other final kind of the third piece that that channel aggregation is there's most merchants today have siloed systems for engaging customers. So they have a social media monitoring solution. They may have a live chat solution. Uh, they could have an SMS solution now, right? And more and more channels open up every day. But often this data set sits in silos and they're not aggregating that data together. So what happens on the customer side is that customer has to repeat themselves when they come in through various channels. Um, or they might come in through uh, a fulfillment center or a warehouse and talk to someone at this retail store or a B2B seller. Um, and those people don't have access to the, to the history of that client. Um, and again, it's uh, from a, from a customer point of view, 
uh, having to repeat yourself along with having to wait <laughs> is frustrating. So merchants are trying to look at these problems and say, how do I make my customer happy? How do I respond quickly? How do I get them to not have to um, share information twice? Yeah, and I think let's let's first dig into that timepiece. From my experience and uh, buying stuff online or even registering for something online or an event or you have some questions, um, but especially when you're buying stuff online, uh, it is important that whatever question that needs to be answered gets answered as quickly as possible because I tend to then just go to the next place I can buy it at. I don't wait. I, a lot of times what happens at the, after that 12 hours, I'm like, oh, I've already bought it. I've already yeah. bought it at this other place. And I think that's one of the big things that merchants are missing out on, especially ones that have put the, like it's a, let's just say they have a chat box on their website and nobody's around to attend to it. Or even worse, they have a bank of customer service people on the phone that aren't also on the chat box. And they're just waiting for that chat box to go to email. And then yeah. that one person who answers the email is maybe going through 400 emails a day and the next morning they get to it. Exactly. It's, and it's funny because sometimes we're here like uh, that they don't, a brand may not want to invest in live chat because there's a fear that they won't have someone to be able to man the chat. Um, but that, that kind of view is, is strange because they're missing out on that immediate conversion to help the customers in a way self-serve on the site. It's, it's just, they need a little bit of information to keep going, to finish that sales funnel. Um, and so, uh, and then also, of course, it's cheaper for the merchant to be able to respond via chat than voice because there's, there's concurrency in chat. You can handle more than one chat at the same time. Um, so yeah, that this a complete missed opportunity um, because that real time engagement is, is the channel of choice for, for most people that are browsing the web. One, I think one thing that you could do to help some merchants understand how to get people engaged or how to get your employees engaged in chat would be to create a team around who's gonna do it. What is your recommendation on who should be available for the live chat responses? And then how do they choose that team? and? I yeah. think one of the things that Gorgeous does well is how you price out those, not, not to make it, I, I don't want to make this a salesy presentation, mm -hmm. but I, I know that you're, the particular way that you do the pricing is very favorable to teams that need to distribute more people. Yeah, well, pricing aside for a second, um, you asked the question around how do you determine the the talent really to answer live chat? Um, the talent for engaging chat is similar to email, honestly, um, responding to emails because it's around typing, right? Fast, um, potentially. Uh, and if you can send emails, you can, you can live chat, um, simple as that. The other thing is though, if you leverage macros, which are, essentially canned responses that are populating, that are pre-written, but you can populate that with your data set that you already have integrated into your agent console. You can respond very quickly with a click of a button um, and get those 
questions answered very, you know, immediately. Um, so it's really just about creating a special queue for chats um, and having someone who, if there's no uh, complete influx of chat all day long, it, that, that person can be on other channels. They can be on email. They can be handling SMSs. They can even be supporting social media uh, people uh, at the same time, right? They can be responding to social comments, uh, both positive and negative, um, and, and handling those requests. But again, you can have a separate queue so that someone's focused on them and making sure that they're going to, to answer when a, when a chat comes in. Also, if they're on their mobile, like if they're a, a sales rep um, and then they're like, you know, work in the field, um, you can get alerts that says like, hey, like, they may not be glued to their screen all day long, but they would get an alert that says, hey, like a chat has come in for you. Um, and then you can also uh, uh, set the right agents or rep to handle uh, types of inquiries that come in based on skill set. So someone might be handling VIP customers, someone might want to handle refunds, someone else might handle urgent requests. So you can uh, use machine learning actually to identify the type of inquiry that's going to come in and have the right skilled agent to handle those requests. Yeah, I think uh, one of the other issues merchants have is they have a sales team that's monitoring their chat and then a lot of people come in and say i need support on this item <laughs> so it's i think you're right in that term making sure that you can route those requests to the right team is is an important part of that um you mentioned um uh, you mentioned siloed data um how do you, how, how, what would be your advice to merchants to help them to distribute the, that data across an entire backend? And, and I'm assuming, you know, if, if, if they don't have a CRM, then it's very difficult not to silo data. data. Mm. If they have a CRM, I would say, use your CRM. <laughs> yes, but the challenge is that often the CRM data isn't integrated into the help desk solution. And so even if it sits in the CRM, an agent's got to go back and forth between multiple systems to look at that history. Uh, and that takes time. And that, of course, increases the cost of supporting the merchant, uh, the customer. Um, the, 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 the best practice there is to, to leverage an omni-channel solution so that you have, you're having a conversation with your end customer. You're not looking at them as a ticket from multiple systems. You're aggregating all that data into one sequential view of the client, no matter where they're coming from. So they could have come in from Facebook yesterday and email today and tomorrow they're on SMS and the day after that they're on live chat. doesn't matter. You're going to see one comprehensive view of that client um, from beginning to end and aggregate the data. Uh, you've got to aggregate the data to really provide that seamless experience for the client. Yeah, I think one company that has done that quite well, and this may be controversial, but for me anyways, Delta airlines has done their messaging twitter uh email and phone quite well well for me anyways i've i've, I've solved a lot of problems over messaging <laughs> and before the pandemic they all also responded very quickly over twitter and in fact i would yep. say most most of the airlines are very attentive to twitter yes um, 
when you're not <laughs> attentive to Twitter, that's that's just the black hole. I would say don't have a Twitter account if you're not going to if you're not going to respond to it. It's so right because, and it's funny because airlines is kind of like the industry we all think of when we hear of like something negative happens on an airline, someone's waiting three hours to get rebooked, they're sitting at an airport floor, right? Like it's the most frustrating for a traveler to have to go through that. And so what do they do? If they can't get a response right away on the phone, they go to the social media and that that goes viral just like that. And so that's why airlines have invested in, in social media monitoring tools. Um, and they realize how important that social channel is. And to your point, yes, I think Delta has done a good job. I'm a Delta member as well. I'm a medallion holder and, you know, and I think they, they do, I would say not the last six months. I think COVID just killed their customer support center. Um, they, they were really down on resources. In fact, I remember waiting like four hours a few weeks ago to, to try to get help. Not, but usually they're pretty good um, at, at supporting customers uh, across channel. Agreed. We now, have, um, sorry, go ahead. Now, I think the stories that come out of it that are, I mean, de de setting Delta aside, I think airlines in general try to do a good job in meeting those customer needs uh, through those multiple channels. And I think what we're talking about is making sure that you are looking across all those channels. Absolutely. Consistently. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's, it's not easy, right? It's every day, there seems to be another, a new channel to, to that pops up that that is important. Um, so it's a, it's not an easy task to uh, make sure that you've got coverage across those channels. Um, well, it hasn't been easy in the past. I think it's easier now um, as technology has evolved to, to aggregate those, those channels together. Great. So I think the last little bit we talked about was personalization, or the, what, one of the things you brought up was personalization. And um, I, I have to just say that there is a tipping point between personalization and creepyization. And um, I would say that it's great that they know you in some cases, and it's weird that they know you in other cases. Um, but I also think in, for the most part, people are getting used to that type of channel knowing you. And that merchants need to be aware of if the if they have their client and, and they know their client, that they should, the, that the system should start knowing their client in advance. Mm -hmm. I think it is the expectation today, actually, um, that, that if there's a merchant out there that's collect, that you're ordering from, that's collected any information from you, that they should have it at hand. Simple as that. It, I, 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 I think that the, the creepy factor sometimes comes in um, into engagement when you're talking more about the automation aspect and and sometimes like having a bot respond to you a machine respond to you that that feels sometimes not not nice not not personal um, but I don't think it's uh, I don't think that it feels creepy if someone says like hey uh, thank you for leaving a product review about our merchandise. I, I appreciate that, Brent. Thanks for, for ordering that product and for saying publicly that you liked it. Um, or, you know, sorry you had such a crappy experience with our product and, and we're sorry you left a, a negative review and how can we make it up to you and how can we save you, right? And 
I, I think that's appreciated. Yeah, and I think that last little thing you said that so many merchants are afraid to say, how can we save you? How can we make this up to you? What can we do to bring you back as a client? A lot of merchants, and I'm especially smaller merchants, give up immediately on the client. Like they don't put any effort into that, bring them back. Because a lot of times, or a lot of times clients are willing to give them another try and they're just looking for something. They're looking for us, I'm sorry, or a, here's here's something, or here's a coupon. And uh, you know, I can even say that I I remember tweeting in in a restaurant. I don't remember the brand, but I I remember sending a tweet saying, "Oh my God, I've been here for an hour. We still don't have our food." You know, and I was on vacation. It was a national chain or something, and. I got a tweet back within a couple of minutes that said, "Hey, here's a coupon. You can use it today." Amazing. When you when you uh, when you go away, and it that I you know that was outside of like the waiter waiter whoever was serving me never came. They didn't show up for like an hour. It was like the worst experience, and I'm like, oh, what do I do?" Right, right. It's game changing, right? Because now you'll go back. Like you'll you or I I had the same experience um, even in my local town. Um, I had breakfast the other day with my family and my, my parents and we waited like an hour at our local diner for um, to be served and we were in a rush to get somewhere and I was like saying I'm never going to come back here and then we complained and they gave us the, the free meal. Uh, they just counted it by 50% not free and I was like you know what they, they saved me I will come back truly because like I, I appreciated that gesture a lot um, and they could have lost me but they didn't so. Um, and they had a, they had an explanation. They changed the the chef at that hour, whatever. Um, but uh, it means a lot. Yeah, and I think at that point you really don't care what their explanation is. You just know you've had bad service, and you, you maybe the threat would be, I'm going to bring Gordon Ramsay in here, and he's going to drop a couple <laughs> f bombs on you. <laughs> Elevate the um, food a little bit too. <laughs> yeah, maybe we could talk about some fa epic failures or failures that merchants are making or have made that we could learn from. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that there's failure in, in, in what I kind of covered it already a little bit, right? Like, it's the failure to respond in a in a quick time and, and to focus on the KPI of response time is is an epic failure. Um, and brands that do not look at response time will not survive, truly. Uh, this is this is now table stakes uh, for 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 brands because the, the the digital world is so competitive now, um, especially driven by COVID, uh, where engagement's really happening online. And if you miss that opportunity to respond as expected, you will not survive online. You will not be able to maintain loyalty with your customers. They will shop somewhere else. So, you know, without calling out a specific merchant, I think that just like an, at a high level, that is a failure um, that that will that will kill kill a brand. Um, so that's that's one. Um, I think that there is failure to have to again. It, it's that seamless experience that we were talking about before. 
the inability to support somebody and, and having them have to repeat themselves. I'll give you an example. Um, I, I, I have a favorite brand that I don't want to mention on this call because I do really, I, I'm waiting for them to, to come back to me and give me that like nice experience and, and, and save me, to be honest. One of my favorite furniture brands during the pandemic, I ordered a couch from them and there was a huge, uh, you know, of course, everybody was, was renovating their homes during the pandemic. And so inventory was really low and I had to wait three months for my new couch. I ordered it in September. And it arrived right before the holidays in December, right before I was supposed to have guests. And the couch arrived in two colors in two fabrics. Like, really? This is like such an embarrassment. Sitting in the middle of my renovated basement and here's this new couch. And I had to call and get support to tell them, hey, can you, uh, I need a new couch. But in the meantime, I have nowhere to sit. So can I keep this one and wait for the new one? And the new one was going to take three more months to arrive. Anyway, um, in this process, I can't tell you how many times I had to contact support because I had the delivery people come. I had to tell them, no, I don't want to keep this. I had to talk to the new people that were shipping the new couch. So I had to talk to the retail store where I ordered from the fulfillment center and the call center. And in this process, like every time was that repetition of, of what happened to me, that telling everybody the whole story from beginning to end. Um, and I felt like waiting on the line while they called each other, trying to figure out where the couch was. Like it's, they kind of lost, you know, they kind of lost me, which is just really upsetting because why? Because I'm a VIP customer, truly. Like I have half the, half the furniture in my house is from this brand, but you know, one bad, incident like this, um, you know, they could have lost a lifelong customer here. So, you know, this is just an example of, of the frustration of not having this kind of backend system that, that is aggregating uh, me and having a lot of people from different sides of that uh, fulfillment line uh, being getting access to the history there of, of what happened. Yeah, and making it easy for the customer to just, well, we, we should say, making it easy for the customer to contact, but it's even more important that there's follow-up and there's pre-done response, like not pre-done responses, but there is a real person who's making an effort to follow up on a timely and, and on a basis that makes sense for you to feel comfortable that they're working on your issue. I think that's, yeah. the, that's and the main going lesson extra mile. to of that. Yeah, and even going an extra mile at the end of a frustrating experience to say, like reach out and say, we're sorry that this happened, you know, um, really like they, this was not our intention or whatever it does that make, make me feel like they, that I'm valued to them. And I think that, that, that like, actually it's one of the, one of the ways that I think merchants are, are driving now um, more impactful, meaningful experiences is through a deeper connection via SMS. Um, so uh, we're seeing a lot of trends where uh, SMS is becoming a, a true, true channel for not just sales, but support too, um, for a number of reasons. Because, and one of the reasons is that you get that personal touch on someone's device that's in their pocket. Um, and it's a, it's a real meaningful way to uh, reach out to a customer. Um, and provide a, a assistance um, 
And so, you know, I would have wished this brand would have like texted me and been like, hey, is, is everything going okay now, right? Did your couch arrive? Yes. Like, are you enjoying it? You know, yes. Like, wow, that, that's, that, that would be a, that would have been a, a, an experience at last. Yeah. And I just, did they let you keep the old couch before the new one arrived? They did. Okay. Yeah. I think that's super important. <laughs> I've also had it where they just say, keep whatever, like I've, I've bought something they've sent it to me and they said, okay, well just keep it. We'll send you a new one. I think that's nice. the best thing you can do. Yeah. So like yeah, I ordered, a, I went, I did one of those shirt things where, where they do the shirt and the iPad and they measure you and then they send it to you. And it's like, okay, that doesn't even not even close to fitting. <laughs> oh, what are these like, uh, like a, a, a men's call, like fitted shirts? Got yes, it. Like yeah, they take your yeah. exact measurements, and that's Correct. it's a hard business to be in. I think it is really hard. So <laughs> the point is that all these businesses are hard to be in, and and every merchant needs to step up their game to make sure that they're doing it. Um, I have uh, a story from a uh, maybe well pre pre COVID where. Uh, myself as an agency was reaching out to a marketing company to maybe try to collaborate on some e-commerce business. And the head of the agency said, oh, our, all of our customers are just interested in marketing. They don't do e-commerce. And I'm, wait, what are you saying? How could they not, how, how could you not sell something online? Or how do you not think about how do you approach something to be sold online? And now, of course, go, going through COVID and, and with people can't, where stores have to sell online, mm -hmm. it just accelerated that process of how people are going to try to get in touch with you as a merchant. Yeah, yeah. The, um, we're seeing at Gorgeous uh, this huge trend towards um, the the. the it used to be that the the, the contact center was um, just a help desk like for support, um, but that's fundamentally changing now because the commerce site is where people are interacting with the brand, purchasing their products, but also where they want sales support, um, and so uh, training up agents to really get a deep dive on the product and the specifications and to help customers like in the store, right? Uh, shop, browse, merchant, you know, uh, uh, look at and, and help them identify the right solution product for them um, is, is never been more important. Um, and, and helping them through that sales cycle. Yeah, that's a good point. So just kind of going on to trends, what, what do you think is, what are, what are some of the trends we're gonna see now going into 2021, 2022? Yeah. From a so I've, customer experience, customer support. Yeah, it's, it's a good question. So I think there's a few things that we're seeing. So one is that what I just said, it's just like kind of, it's the responsibility now almost for contact centers and help and, uh, and customer support people to drive revenue for their businesses to help accelerate sales. And a lot of merchants are incentivizing their their reps to to do that. Um, so that's a big uh, a big area where there's a lot of investment in, in that training. Um, so that's one trend. Uh, two is the the SMS I talked about before. So you know we're seeing five times 
the conversion rate from SMS and email. I mean, I don't know when's the last time you looked at your email inbox of all the brands that you've signed up with over the last few years, but like I probably have 10,000 emails sitting there that I've never looked at. Um, but if someone was to SMS me, I probably would respond. Um, so that's, you know, the, the SMS is really a uh, very impactful channel. So that's another big trend. Um, and then the third one is is the the aggregation of that customer data um, to personalize the experience. And that data could be, like we talked about before, product review data, but it could also be data from experiences um, with, it could be from the loyalty platform that the merchant works with or from their subscription um, partner. Uh, or their email marketing partner as well. And like taking that all that data that we know about how they engaged with the email marketing uh, provider and pulling that data into the, the agent console so that, so that we can um, create that connection. Yeah, I think the SMS thing gives an op opportunity to personalize it to that person uh, and the personalization around both email address and, and phone number are also, I think, trending right now. And I know that two, again, two airline examples, one airline you call and they recognize you by your name, they say, hello, Brent, in some robotic voice, blah, 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 you know? And the other one is, please enter your number. <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm. no, my, my number is like, what is it, 10 digits? I'm not gonna, well, now I memorized it, unfortunately, but, the, the, it is a phone number that can be recognized mm -hmm. calling in. And certainly when you, when you go on the internet, you, you log in. So the personalization part of that is important. And I think, especially on a chat, it's great that somebody, if, if you're logged into their site, they know who you are. That's right. Um, I yeah, think, I think the, the weird part would, the weird part would be that they also might know who you are via cookie. And that's where, yeah, I think it's probably okay still on chat. If you're on the site, you've been on the site, maybe you're not logged in, but they have your cookie so they know who you mm. are. Mm. And they mm -hmm. say, hey, Brent, uh, what can I help you with today? But also, how can I help you? I know one of the one of the things that does happen quite a bit is is um, you, you log in and 30 seconds later, that chat box pops up and said, hey, what can I help you with? You like that experience or you don't like the experience, sorry? Uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm mixed on it. Sometimes it's yeah. annoying, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's proven to drive conversions, frankly, um, if, if it's done intelligently. So there's kind of this uh, reactive chat where you could just have it sitting in the bottom of your screen. So if someone needs support, they can click on it. Um, but if you use it intelligently uh, to send a, a chat uh, when you're stalled, on a page through checkout, um, or if you've put a number of items in the cart and haven't haven't proceeded, you know, it is proven to to help drive conversions. Um, and it, it and the reason is because it, you know it, it's there. Someone's on the other end helping you. Um, usually, someone's stalled for a reason, um, so someone can help you know block and tackle that that issue. Yeah, I know there are some e-commerce platforms as well that allow a a customer service person to guide you through that purchasing process and hold your hand or having co-shopping and that that yeah. type of experience too helps 
helps merchants uh, drive revenue. It's much more intensive, but it does drive those conversions. Yeah, in fact, uh, what was the, there was a company that just went public um, last week, I think it was. It's a co-browsing solution. Um, they've been around, I think over a decade. Uh, I can't remember the name right now, but to your point, I think that that, that type of uh, technology is having a lot of impact in the market. I will look that up and put that in the show notes. Can I remember now? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think what, what finally, I think one other call out for, for trends is around, uh, we talked a little bit about before about social media monitoring, um, but identifying your, your positive and your negative uh, browsers is really important. Um, if someone is, is, is negatively speaking about your brand, it's so important to, to capture that quickly um, and respond. Um, but, but more than that, it's, it's taking that social media data and bringing that into that omni-channel view. Um, so it's, it's not just the response, but it's actually aggregating that data like we talked about before with Delta and that, that they're doing it well. Um, so I think that's another big trend is, is leveraging those channels in your, in your omni-channel uh, customer engagement strategy. Yeah, maybe we could just do a just take a couple of minutes and go over some best use scenarios for just on your chat, uh, and maybe some uh, trends. Not trends, but what would you? What would be the best use in terms of how long it? it how long should you wait to alert somebody that there's a chat? They're available, and maybe how how would you determine if they're unhappy? That type of thing. Yeah. Uh, well, um, machine learning uh, is, you know, 2021, right? Where it's, it's machine learning is here. Um, and so there are tools to help you uh, find those positive and negative people out there um, that, that can identify those people for you. Um, so you don't have to manually go through every single comment. And as you can imagine, if brands that have thousands or millions of followers, that's quite an intensive and laborious process. Um, so, so letting the machine running, machine learning uh, identify that for you is really important. Um, automation is really important for engaging as well. So, uh, you know, again, you have to be careful with the balancing of, of automation and personalization. But if you can use autom automation to respond to folks, that can have a, 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 an effect that can help your brand scale, uh, especially for larger brands. So for example, use automation to uh, like comments that are positive um, without actually having to have a person, you know, manually go and press the like button um, on, their, on your Facebook page. So that's, that's one way. Um, other trends in live chat um, is creating custom chat widgets for every page that you can use and you can use those chats to call out specific information about a product that may not have already been updated on the website. So for example, if we know that a pants is running, a pair of pants is running small, right? So within the chat widget, you could say, hey, this, these pants are, uh, are running small, you might want to consider a larger size. Um, you know, little call-outs like that kind of help personalize that page a little bit um, and give information that might help that customer continue with the process. Regards to proactive chat, 
you know, it, it really depends and you can, you can test it out. Um, every, every site is different, but typically around five to 10 seconds of stalling on a page uh, is, is a good amount of time to send that proactive in invitation. So you wouldn't recommend saying, oh, I see you through your camera that you <laughs> ordered the pants that are too small. You should order one size bigger. Is that a bad idea? I think that's a bad idea. <laughs> um, yeah, so just uh, um, we have about five, 10 minutes left. Uh, I, 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 I'm interested in Gorgeous and I've seen, you know, I've seen the platform. It's great. Why don't you give us a, give us a two minute elevator pitch? Yeah, sure. Um, so gorgeous. And let me let me preface this by saying that, um, you know, I've been in customer support and e commerce for you know, over a decade. Um, I joined gorgeous back in, uh, in March. Um, and the reason was because in all of my time in in, in, uh, in the space, I had never really seen a, a help desk focused 100% on the e commerce merchant. Um, and I was really excited by the technology uh, that Gorgeous had created, truly disrupting the space uh, in a solution that's omni-channel uh, and really fits the need of that, that e-commerce merchant. So what we do is we aggregate all channels, voice, chat, email, SMS, social media, Facebook, Instagram, and we integrate with the e-commerce platforms like Magento, uh, Shopify, BigCommerce, uh, as well as the e-commerce technology stack. So loyalties and reviews and shipping and returns, SMS, even other voice channels, email marketing, marketplaces, all of that uh, rich data uh, is aggregated into the agent console so that agents can uh, respond quickly to customers, not have to toggle between screens and personalize that engagement. And then we use machine learning to uh, automate responses to common and repetitive inquiries. So in effect, we're able to reduce uh, or improve the efficiency of our merchants by about 30% um, by removing some of the cost around those, those common uh, inquiries. That's great. Yeah, good. So, um, uh, and I'll put, I'll put all the, the links in the show notes and, and the contact information. Um, so what, it, I know we've talked about a lot, um, can you think of a, a good little nugget that we could give to a merchant as, as they kind of close out this episode? Yeah. Um, I think that, I guess, well, can I give two nuggets? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I would say one is customer experience is is everything and you know to wow your customers we really want to think about providing an omni-channel experience that is uh, aggregating your channels together uh, personalizing and, and automating uh, your your engagement um, in a nutshell I think that's really important to think about all those areas uh, but a nugget in terms of like uh, something to walk away with. Uh, if you're not uh, investing in the SMS channel, um, I think it's a really great channel to, uh, you're going to see immediate impact on your business. As I mentioned before, we're seeing a five times conversion rate 
on SMS than, than email. Um, so uh, definitely look at the, the SMS platforms uh, today. There's, there's many. Um, and uh, you can see that they're, they're all having a huge year uh, as merchants really begin to, to see the value there. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just going to say my little nugget or my tidbit on that SMS portion is make sure that they have an opt out feature on SMS because I start I am starting to get lots of SMS spam. Mm. And um, if 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 they don't have an option to opt out, then they may not they may block you, even not knowing where that message came from. Mm -hmm. Even if they've decided they would like to get the message. Uh, make sure that that message is clear to them on their phone that they know that they either they signed up for it. But I think most of the time we see, especially around the banking industry, mm. they give you the do you not would you like to not receive these messages any longer, you know, or whatever they said, or opt in even on messaging too. I've seen that quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely important to, to opt in. And, and actually, if they if you haven't move forward with uh, with SMS yet, but you're considering it, I would say that it's a good time to, to start up getting customers to opt in now. So you have those opt-in opt in lists even before you start the SMS investment. Right. My, my, last, uh, my last recommendation for the people on this call would be that order all your furniture in multiple colors. So if you do get the wrong couch in <laughs> multiple colors, it's gonna fit right in. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, except uh, it has to match your walls, too. <laughs> there you go. You could have checkered walls, and one could be checkered, and one could be striped in different colors. It'll just be a huge, huge eye. Don't eye do it before the holidays. Yeah, and do it right before the holidays. Exactly. Um, well, this has been uh, this has been fun. Uh, thank you for joining today. Um, as we leave, um, I always give you an opportunity to do a shameless plug. So uh, anything you'd like to promote, please go ahead. Yeah, um, I, I, I guess it's top of mind. I, I guess I wanna give a, a shout out to someone um, who's uh, really been uh, helpful to me and, um, and is a great partner of Gorgeous uh, and that's John David Klausner of Yatpo, um, who is VP of Partnerships there. Um, and he's just a phenomenal man in the industry, wealth of knowledge. Um, and he's led a, an incredible channel organization over at Yatpo. Um, so just want to thank him for um, his partnership um, and for, for the, uh, the friendship that, uh, and, and support uh, that they've given to, to Gorgeous over the, the last couple of years. So thank you for that. Great. Thank you, Rachel. Um, this has been a, a great, uh, fun hour, and I appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me, Brent. Thanks. Have a good day. Take care. The Talk Commerce podcast is sponsored by Swift Daughter. E-commerce developers solve problems daily. In fact, some of those seem like mountainous hurdles that must be climbed in a matter of hours. Stress levels can go through the roof. No wonder the plague of burnout affects developers too. Ah, but there's a vaccine for that. Investing time in your career will take you farther than you ever imagined. Meet Swift Daughter. 
Swift Otter exists to help you become the e-commerce hero that is indispensable and irreplaceable at your company. We do this through Magento Certification Study Materials and Joseph Maxwell's most recent book, The Art of E-Commerce Debugging. Go to swiftotter.com to learn more about how you can quickly climb the ranks in your quest to be a better developer. While you're there, use the coupon code TALKCOMMERCE for 15% off any digital goods at swiftotter.com. TalkCommerce is brought to you by eWay Corp. Cloud is the new normal for companies of any size. Buying, maintaining, upgrading, and disposing of machines is expensive and complicated. Amazon Web Services, managed by eWay Corp, offers an easy-to-use, flexible, cost-effective solution to all your infrastructure needs. eWay Corp can provide a secure, reliable, scalable, high-performance network that will make your office hum, not literally. eWay Corp has saved its customers an average of 31% on their IT costs while adding 62% to the bottom line efficiency. To top that, their customers have seen 43% fewer security incidents. Go to eWayCorp.com to learn how you can start saving money and headaches by moving to the cloud. That's E-W-A-Y-C-O-R-P dot com. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. Please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce, new shows out every week.